This is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles, tracking the variants. The Biden administration says we're going to set up a $1.7 billion national network to identify and track the variants that are out there, the mutations of the virus, because the spread of those could trigger another wave. There are three components. One is more money to the CDC and the state's health departments, and then ramping up gene mapping of the sampling. We'll look into the other two in just a bit. Should you take the vaccine selfie? You've seen these right all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Is it polite to ask somebody before they come over if they've gotten their shots? We're going to talk about post-vaccine etiquette. And uh, do you like working from home? Others doing the same, now anxious to get back into the office. We start, though, with tracking the variants, the components of the Biden administration plan. Dr. William Schaffner back with us, professor of preventative medicine and infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Used to work for the CDC, epidemic intelligence officer. So, Doctor, can we ever really get ahead of all these uh, variants that pop up? Well, the first answer is that we're going to have to keep vaccinating. You know, we're vaccinating all the early acceptors, the eager beavers, and now we're running into people who are a little more hesitant. So we're going to have to work hard. And then we're going to have to track these variants. At the moment, our vaccines do cover the variants, but we have to watch out that other variants don't sneak in, that our vaccines don't work as well against. So that's going forward. That's why this program is being put in place. Yeah, I was going to say, you must probably welcome this news, because I think you and I have talked before about, you know, tracking variants. And you've said, you know, other countries do this a lot better than than we do. We're just we're not prepared to do it. We don't have that kind of infrastructure. We're ginning up very, very rapidly. Academic uh, medical centers and state health departments are really working on this, sampling all the positives, looking for people who have breakthrough infections or second infections or in outbreaks of disease. Those are higher risk for variants. And so I know in my own state, we're starting to look harder, but these added resources really will help. As these variants keep coming and they start varying even more, is this going to lead us to the point where COVID is going to be with us forever and we're going to need booster shots maybe every year to deal with the new variants that come out? Uh, You're looking down the road. Uh, COVID is going to be with us for a long time. It's not going to disappear and we're going to have to manage it. And if we do get variants out there, that are substantially different from the mother strain, as it were. Yeah, I think as with influenza vaccine, we may have to get a COVID vaccine on some regular basis. Maybe every fall you roll up both sleeves and you get both vaccines. Is there is there something we can learn about the, the breakthrough infections? I mean, first off, the thing to note is incredibly rare still. So that's a plus because the vaccines work. The second, though, maybe you get to these people and you say, OK, it's it's a bummer that it broke through and, and you got sick. But let's let's look at you. you. You look at the person, you look at the level of community spread where they are. And then you see if it was a variant that broke through and maybe, you know, down the line, if it was something new. And then that's where the red flag goes up. That's exactly what the program is. And you look at these special areas, breakthrough infections, second infections, outbreaks of disease in enclosed facilities and and the like, perhaps in travelers who come from other parts of the world. Those are the areas where you look first to see if new variants have 
snuck into the country without a passport. Uh, let's uh, try to find the silver lining in this whole uh, COVID thing. Well, there's a sentence and a half right there. Uh, the silver lining is this. Uh, the research they did on coming up with these vaccines as quickly as they did, uh, will that lead to some new breakthroughs? And is it possible that this competition with these new variants might also lead to some more knowledge and, and breakthroughs in uh, vaccine technology and, and medical technology? Well, first of all, we're already keeping our eye on these variants and companies, the scientists and the companies and the National Institutes of Health have already created second generation vaccines against the South African variant, which is the one that is the most different. It's not at all common here, but they're ready to have a vaccine to use in the event we need it. And then this new technology, once we get through COVID a little bit, I think is going to start to be applied to many other areas of medicine. And there are a lot of people, myself included, who are eager for that to start because we may have some breakthroughs in other areas down the future. That'll take a little longer, but it's an exciting area for science. Dr. William Schaffner, Professor of Preventative Medicine and Infectious Diseases, Vanderbilt University School of Medicine doctor. As always, thank you. All right, lots of people getting vaccinated now, especially here in California. We have opened things up to anybody 16 plus, so lots of excitement and people want to share, so they take the picture and put it on social media. Now that widespread vaccinations are beginning, the etiquette, behavior questions are being raised. Should you post the selfie? Should you ask people if they've gotten their vaccine if you want to hang out? Stephen Petro, journalist and contributing columnist to the Washington Post. He has five books on etiquette, so he's an expert. The latest one is Stupid Things I Won't Do When I Get Old. So, Stephen, uh, the vaccination selfies, right? Maybe it was a different thing when we thought people were jumping lines and everyone would get angry. But now, shouldn't it be an encouraging factor, right? I got my shot. You should, too. Well, that is certainly the idea of, of posting um, selfies. And um, I'm seeing more and more people doing that. We're kind of in, in the groove. Um, I think one question people just want to ask, though, is uh, what is their intention, Uh there's a little bit of um, sometimes showing off, and there's still disparities where some people don't have access or having difficulty getting appointments, and there um, especially it could be you know, sort of rubbing the fact in, in someone's face. You want to just kind of be sensitive to that, but I think overall it's a great idea. It encourages people. It shows people that it's safe, and um, certainly in the, the black and brown communities, um, it can be especially helpful in getting um, greater greater acceptance. Uh, you know, we've heard it said that uh, uh, you shouldn't post pictures of your vaccine card uh, because right. there's information on that. And people take pains to, like, cover up a name or an address on there. But uh, I've heard it said that there's still information on the card that scammers could use to track you. What information is on that card that people should not see? Well, you know, cards differ in, in different states. So I have not seen the um, the California card, but I know what it is here in North Carolina and some other states. And Basically, we're talking about personally identifying information as PIN, and um, here it's just your birthday and it may be your phone number. Uh, you just want to be really careful about blocking those kinds of things out if for some reason your social security number or any other kind of like data number that's identified with you is on that card. You know, put your thumb over it when you're taking the picture of it or somehow obscure it, but you don't want to... You don't want to get scammed. You don't want people to be getting information about you and putting it into the database. And who knows what happens then? Uh, 
All right. So, you know, curb your enthusiasm a little bit. <laughs> so the other thing we mentioned was was getting together with people. And it used to be the conversation, you know, when this was really going on, you, you try to feel people out. Like, how have you been acting? Where have you been going? Who have you been seeing? Now with vaccines in the world, can you just ask somebody, hey, have you had your vaccine before you come over? What is that conversation like and how do you make it the easiest possible? Yeah, you know, so it's kind of amazing, you know, how quickly these conversations are changing. And I think, you know, in two or three months, we'll be at the other end of, of th- this set of etiquette conundrums. But but right now, where um, there's still a there's still a significant percentage who are not vaccinated, uh, people definitely want to know. But again, I always say to people, why do you want to know? You know, are you just curious? Because there's a problem with um with all of this, which is we're talking about health information. And somebody may have gotten vaccinated a little bit sooner because they were in a higher category because they had a specific health condition. They might have HIV or cancer or you know something else that they don't want to disclose because that is private. So um, in general, don't ask. But the, um, the inverse of that is true. In general, if you have been vaccinated, tell people. You know, I'm vaccinated or I've had the first shot and I'm three weeks before, you know, I'm three weeks in so that people have that information. There's absolutely no reason for an individual not to self-disclose. And it's really important that that we do that and kind of spread the message that um, more and more of us are being vaccinated. You know, uh, speaking of etiquette, I was uh, when I was getting my uh, COVID shot, there was an older woman sitting next to me, close to me. Uh, you know, socially distanced. And then there was a a young man who had gotten his shot, and he was also in the waiting area. They want to keep an eye on us before they let us go, you know, for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes to make sure we don't have a reaction. So the young man was sitting there uh, with his mom, and and the older woman just leaned forward and asked, and wasn't mean, but just asked, so how did you get in line for the shot? Because I think this was right before here in California when we opened it up to people 16 and older. Uh, And it Mm -hmm. struck me as like, kind of rude and like she was saying you know you shouldn't have gotten the shot you seem okay you don't look like you have a medical health issue to get the shot early uh should we not do that and uh i will say that the young man replied politely and explained that he had a condition that enabled him to get a shot we should not be doing that because we don't know what are we going to do with that information was she just going what was she going to do with that there's really no call the there's really no answer yeah call the police you know, people have all kinds of conditions that, that we don't know about. And in her case, she was she had already gotten her shot. She should be happy and, you know, and, and leave it at that. I do think, though, that, you know, when you know that somebody has been vaccinated, it's a really good idea if you're having trouble getting an appointment to ask them, well, where did you do that? Where did you go online to, to find an appointment? Because that's information you can use and take home with you. And that's kind of the litmus test for many of these questions. And what about acting, how to act out in the world once you're vaccinated? You know, some people take the 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 idea of, well, I'm going to act like I'm vaccinated. Things are totally normal. And then people will say, yeah, look at the rates. Very few are going to get infected. But you still got a mask because those are the rules. You should still kind of be deferential to people because they don't know that you have your shot. Well, exactly. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, you might not follow all of my etiquette rules. But you need to follow the law and, and the guidance, and um, you know that's fundamental to a society. And you know, I think one of the sort of larger lessons from this entire pandemic is about the notion of thinking we rather than me. So, what is 
what is better for the collective good here? And, um, you know, we've had difficulty with that, that equation of, of late. So I'm hoping that this will push us to think more about community and, and how we take care of each other. And so yeah, once you're vaccinated, you should continue to wear a mask. You should continue to distance and wash your hands and so on, because you're going to be taking care of yourself a little bit better and showing others that you care about them. All right. Stephen Petro, journalist, contributing columnist to The Washington Post. He's got five books on etiquette and the new one, Stupid Things I Won't Do When I Get Old. Short break. And then some people, they are getting tired. They're getting tired of working from home. We are back. Many office workers, some others who've been working from home for about a year now, they're uh, they're tired of it. Some people like waking up late, not fighting traffic, even working in their pajamas. But uh, the others, yeah, they're over it. They want to go back in. They want to see people on something that's not just a laptop. Tom Gimbel, founder and CEO of the staffing and recruitment firm, the LaSalle Network. He talks to WBBM's Cisco Cotto about the uh, the reversal. The extroverts always find a way to socialize. The introverts that used to use work as their only social outlet are now trapped at home. And there was actually an article in the Wall Street Journal earlier in the week about uh, the anxiety and sadness and depression that's hitting kids, but it's also hitting adults. Seems like it's tough virtually to feel like you're really part of a team. You know, you're, you're working on projects, you're trying to get things done, and yet if you're all remote, it's just not the same. Well, the big difference is with with the pandemic in the past year versus any other time is that you don't have the other outlets. We've been locked up at home uh, in in remote because of the illness or the the virus that there hasn't been lunches and coffees and ball games and going to the beach in the summer last year and and those types of things. So if you didn't have work as an outlet for you to get outside, you had nothing. And so I'm, I'm optimistic that this summer will be different for those that choose to work remote. But I, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, the social outlet you get at work is more than just going into an office to do output it's about the interaction with your peer group yeah there's something about feeling like uh, you're working from home almost like you're on home confinement like you're in a prison where you didn't think that work was an escape but it really is yeah it's really hard to say you're part of a team but never see your team physically i mean imagine being part of an athletic team and always practicing alone and never being with them in real time you wouldn't have the same mojo with them and to not have the ability to commute to walk across the street for a cup of coffee, to be inside, to shoot the breeze at the water cooler. Those are social interactions that our brains have been trained to crave and desire. Even if you don't like everybody, it's a, it's a really healthy outlet for us emotionally. And yeah, there really is something to it. A lot of people need to get back to work. Thank you, Tom Gimbel. College students, you are one. You got one. You might just not be allowed back to campus this fall if you don't have a shot. Growing number of colleges and universities around the U.S. requiring vaccination. Now, Rutgers in New Jersey announcing in March students would have to be vaccinated. Since then, it's at least a dozen schools that said they'll require proof of vaccination before letting students go to class and do other activities. The legal experts say it is legal for universities and colleges. They're well within their rights to require vaccinations so long as they grant exemptions for medical and religious beliefs and offer other reasonable accommodations. This is an Odyssey original. Thanks for listening. Find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.